I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Whether you're like me and initially shudder at the idea of having to look at data and analyse it, or you're an absolute whiz with data, but are frustrated that your colleagues can't seem to get to grips with it, this episode of HR Coffee Time is here to help. It takes things back to basics to demystify it and help you build your confidence at using data to have an impact at work. Welcome back to HR Coffee Time, a weekly podcast that's here to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. If we haven't met before, hello, I'm your host, Faye Wallace, a career coach with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. And for today's episode, the person who is going to be doing all of this brilliant demystifying of data is my brilliant guest, Angela Moyle from HR software business, Element Suites. I really enjoyed meeting Angela and learning loads from her. I hope that you're going to enjoy hearing from her too. So let's get started with the main bit of the episode and meet her now. Welcome to the show, Angela. It is wonderful to have you here. And can I just start things off by asking you to introduce yourself? It would be wonderful if you could give us a bit of background around who you are and what the work is that you do. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I'm slightly nervous. This is my first podcast, so please do bear with me. So I've been in HR technology for about 12 years, and I am really passionate about demystifying HR tech. Personally, I don't like it when people overcomplicate technology. 
I think it should be accessible for all, whether you're tech savvy or not, whether you're a frontline worker or not. And that I think is really what drives me. So I am Chief of Staff at Element Suite and we are a HR software company based in the lovely Watford. And for years we have worked with HR professionals, with HR technologists, and we got a little bit exasperated about the inflexibility of that software and we decided to take the jump and build our own HR and workforce management software. And that is what we've done. With the aim being, it's gotta be simple and easy to use for everyone. We have a great team of developers and we're very proud to have some fantastic clients such as McDonald's and Travelodge. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for that introduction, Angela. It's great to get all of that detail and to have a bit of background. And there is so much that I could ask you today because I know you are just a font of knowledge when it comes to data and analytics for HR. I wish I was a font of knowledge when it comes to this, but sadly I'm not. So I know I'm going to learn so much from you and I know everyone listening is going to learn loads too. But I thought it would be a good starting point if we could just start off with me asking you why you think getting confident with data is so important for HR and people professionals. Yeah, absolutely. So we are in the digital revolution. Data is everywhere. And I think that data is fantastic for HR because it takes away those kind of personal views. It takes away those emotions. It takes away that bias. Having that data, I think, gives objective, credible insights into an organisation. And I think it's a fantastic opportunity for HR professionals to really showcase what's happening within the organisation, taking it away from sometimes people might, might perceive it as to be an opinion to actual credible information that can really drive a business forward. So I think it is an exciting time for HR professionals. And I think that being able to show that insight to the business will be truly valuable. It's great to hear your enthusiasm for this and the fact that you're talking about it being exciting because I know for a lot of people who may not be that confident with the idea of looking at data, potentially analysing it, it may feel a bit scary and the opposite of exciting. So thank you for bringing that really positive energy to our time together today. And what I think could really help bring this to life for us all is if you're happy to share some examples of when you've seen clients use data really effectively to benefit the organisations that they work for. So I have two that spring to mind. The first one was a large, a large retailer. They were struggling to get their managers to submit their staff timesheets in time payroll. And we all know how stressful payroll can be. They were trying to, you know, change behaviors, encouraging them, giving them notifications, etc. But that, that still wasn't working. So this is where data really shone. They decided to put together a leaderboard when the managers submitted their timesheets. And this leaderboard they shared with everyone to be able to see. And of course, what happened overnight, no one wanted to be on the bottom of that leaderboard. And straight away, you had managers proactively going out there and making sure that their timesheets were submitted on time. And I think that is where data, having that real pulse, that real live data coming in, transformed those behaviours and of course alleviated all that pressure from the from the payroll team. How fantastic to hear that it had an impact that quickly. It's amazing to think that 
behavioural change can be so hard, but actually there are things we can do to to encourage it and to move it along more quickly than we might have thought we can. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your second example now. Can you let us know what it is? Yeah, so the second example was with uh, McDonald's, one of our clients. And when COVID hit, they really had to understand the health and well-being of their workforce. At the time, they had about 135,000 team members and they were using our HR self-service app. And what we did, we created a card within the HR app that allowed McDonald team members to notify us of their health in relation to COVID. So we were able to pick up whether they had to self-isolate because someone in their family had COVID, whether they had COVID, whether they had symptoms. And if you imagine 135,000 workforce and we was getting this live data coming in and being able to see the health and well-being of the organisation, it was truly remarkable. And it allowed McDonald's to be able to be there for their, for their employees, understand the health and well-being and also being able to, when they started to look about opening up the restaurants, being able to ensure that they were looking at the right ones where that where there was capacity within the within the team to be able to start those restaurants back up again. So it had two pros really pros for for obviously the health and well being of those team members and being able to to be there to help them. But then also look, looking from a business perspective about when they needed to set up and start the restaurants and how and when they when they did that. So I thought that was really amazing when you started to see that data coming in um, live. That really is amazing. Thank you for sharing that example. As you were talking, it's really making me realise the difference in the way that you're talking about using data and my own experience really of having used data before in my former HR career. Because when I did work in HR, there were two main sets of data that I work with personally. They were data sets for recruitment and for employee engagement because they were the two areas that I had responsibility for in my last role. So for recruitment, we kept track of things like time to hire, which looked at how long it took to fill a role in recruitment. And it was helpful to have that data because it could help us to show that we were improving. But it was all very backwards looking. Whereas what you're talking about here is using data live to implement this sort of instantaneous behavioural change or to be able to take the business forward right in the here and now which is just fascinating to hear about it and now that you've shared just two examples I feel like I could have asked you to make a whole episode (laughs) talking through examples of organisations that are using data well I think that would be brilliant but I'd better move on for now because that is not what I've asked you to do today so For anyone else who's listening and thinking like me, gosh, this sounds brilliant. I can really see how powerful data can be, but who just doesn't know where to start with it and is finding the whole idea a bit daunting. What would your advice to them be? I think, first of all, I understand. I think that when there is so much data out there, exactly you say, where where do you start? So Keeping it simple is my best advice. Looking at the employee life cycle, so you obviously mentioned recruitment, so you have recruitment, onboarding, workforce management, performance, learning, all those different areas within your organisation. Look at, first of all, perhaps areas within the business where there are real or perceived problem areas. 
and just start to look at those basic measures you know you'll be surprised how many organizations that you know that we go into that are large organizations that haven't got those basic kpis those basic measures in place for some of the some of the things that you spoke about you know time to fill applicants per you know per opening and having that in one place that is live that has that pulse is absolutely fantastic you can start to then look at things like being able to filter it being able to look at it from a, a particular lens it could be looking at it through a department lens or it could be within a certain area within the organization being able to slice and dice it is the next stage that you can do but i think keep it simple look at where there are problems with the organization and target those first so the message really is about keeping it simple and starting with what the business need is right in that moment. Yes, absolutely. Start, you know, looking at, you know, how to help the business, looking at those, looking at those insights. And remember, you know, data is all about telling a story, really. What you're trying to say is it went from here to here. So you can start to see that, you know, perhaps there is a trend happening, perhaps that there is a, you know, a problem within the organization because suddenly, you know, something's happened and, and, and that data is very, very different to what it, to what it was before. So, um, yeah, keep it simple to begin with, but it's all about, allowing you to be able to tell that story to other people in the organisations. I can definitely see how it can be even more powerful if you're able to bring the data to life by using storytelling. And just thinking about KPIs, I know that you just very kindly touched on some more KPIs for recruitment for us. But if I was helicoptered back into my old HR role and there were problems outside of recruitment or employee engagement and I was asked to look after a new project or perhaps asked to look after everything, I think I would be wondering, oh my gosh, what KPIs are going to be relevant for this new area or what KPIs should I be thinking about for all of these different areas? And if I'm thinking that, then I can imagine that lots of people listening today might be thinking exactly the same thing. So It would be wonderful if you could just give us some advice on how on earth you figure out which KPIs you can or should use for all of the different moving parts that make up a business. Yes, so I've put together a guide that your listeners may find useful. And if it's helpful, we can circulate that within the notes within the the podcast. And it breaks down by each of the areas within the organisation a selection of KPIs that you might want to consider. And I would suggest that might be a really good place to start. So you could have a look at those KPIs. You could tick them off if you think that they are suitable for you. And then you could then start to think to yourself, right, Kate, how would I get hold of that data? Now, it may be that you have a HR system at the moment and it may be that you need to start uh, have some ports within the product to be able to surface that data. It may be that you just have Excel and you know you need to be able to pop that into Excel and be able to look about visualizing that um, data within Excel as well. So have a look at that guide. It's a really good start of a 10 to kind of get you going and will hopefully give you some confidence to be able to to know that you know these are these are the ones that you probably should be looking at and and take it from there really 
Oh, that's really generous of you to share that with us. Thank you, Angela. And I'll pop a link to it in the show notes. So for anyone listening who's thinking, what on earth are the show notes or where are they? If you just go to the app that you're listening to this episode on now, tap on the episode and scroll down, you'll see there's a whole load of writing underneath the episode title and they are the show notes. It just summarises the key points that we talked about. It has timestamps on there. So if after listening today you think, oh, I want to go back and listen to one point that Angela made, it's really easy to do that. And in there, there are also all sorts of helpful links. So I will make sure that I put a link to that guide in there. But if you can't find it for any reason on the app, you can also find them on the Bright Sky Career Coaching website. It's probably even easier to find them there. You just go to the episode and you'll see all of the notes on the page there with them. But coming back to you, Angela, just to say again, I really appreciate you sharing that resource. Thank you. I've looked at it. It's fantastic. There is so much in it. There's some brilliant benchmarking sources in there as well that people can look at, as well as all of the KPIs that you've suggested and talk about. But just to help bring that guide to life a little bit and maybe extract some of the wonderful value from it right away, can I just ask you, you said there are KPIs for all these different aspects of the employee life cycle. Would you mind just sharing a couple of examples with us to, again, help bring all of this to life? Yeah, so the one I'd probably look at is workforce management. I think it's a really strong area for data and it really can add value to a business very, very quickly. So if you were wanting to look at your, you know, your total cost of your workforce, your volume per labor hour, your schedule versus actual hours, you know, that kind of data in real time can be so, so powerful. Being able, of course, to filter it by site, by department, by job role, it really helps to drive an organization, especially obviously, you know, workforce management is all for those kind of like hourly paid workforce. It's something that I think adds real tangible um, benefits and insights to a business immediately. Oh, it's great to hear all of that. And they are definitely not metrics that or data that I've ever looked at before. You're making me want to go back to your guide and have another look at it. So I'll make sure that I do that after we finish recording everything. But one other thing that you mention in your guide is benchmarking. So it would be great if you could just talk us through why benchmarking is helpful and what sort of benchmarking you can be doing and how to do it. I think I think it's always interesting, isn't it, to to know what like within the industry vertical you're in, what is the benchmark for, you know, it could be absence rate turnover, it could be employee turnover by percentage. Um, it's always good to know what that benchmark is within your industry vertical. Look at where you are now, and you may be doing really well, which is excellent, and you should be showcasing that to senior management. Or it could be that you are falling short, and you know you then start to have a look at a target for that. But having benchmarking and having access to that within your industry vertical, I think is I think is really powerful. Within the guide as well, I have put some links to you know PwC, Gartner, and uh, you know, some some good ones there for you to for you to have a look at as a reference that you may find you may find useful. That's brilliant. And that brings me on to my next question, which I'm really interested to hear what your answer will be, which is all about dashboards. Because I know that dashboards are another aspect of data and reporting that can feel particularly daunting, especially as the sheer amount of data available can seem 
Well, it can seem overwhelming. So again, for anyone listening who's thinking, right, Angela's got me all fired up about this. I'm going to really get my teeth stuck into this. I'm sorting out my KPIs. I'm going to do some benchmarking and I'm going to get an HR dashboard up and running. What would your advice be to them? My advice on dashboards is that dashboards should be actionable. That is fundamentally what what dashboards should be. They should be able to show you quickly, visually, what you need to do, whether that be a manager, whether that be the HR team, you know, where are the areas that you should focus on? Dashboards are not there to be able to just look at all these lovely images and pictures and etc. It is about being able to go onto them and think, right, I need to focus on this because this is an area that needs my attention. So dashboards should be actionable is the first thing that they should be. They should be simple to digest that information. You know, when you know what's brilliant about having a dashboard is that you're essentially taking data that could be very, very boring, you know, from like an Excel, you know, line, columns and rows into something where it actually tells a story. And you will need to be able to look at that data and, and see those trends. Have a dashboard that allows you to go to go back in time clearly so you can set the date ranges so you can see, right, okay, here I am now, but I was here is really important too. But don't overwhelm people as well with lots and lots of dashboards. That's the other thing I'd say. If you're going to look at dashboards, of course, the dashboards have to start at the top and, and go all the way down. And so if you want a manager to focus on certain certain things, just make sure they have the dashboard for only those only those areas. Don't give them loads of dashboards because they'll just spend all the time looking at it. You want them to have a, have a look at the dashboards that they have got to action and just keep it really nice and simple. But I absolutely love dashboards because I think that it really drives behaviour within an organisation, especially when they are actionable dashboards. Okay, so your key message for today definitely seems to be about keeping it simple. But I love what you were just saying there about thinking of, okay, what did the managers need to see? I don't know why, but I hadn't expected you to say that. I think I've been very much thinking of this as, okay, as an HR team, what do we need to see? How do we need to work on this? But you've raised such a good point that it's not about being insular and inward looking as an HR team. It's also about thinking these are real live tools that people can be using right now and that can empower the people who work here, the line managers to go ahead and do an absolutely brilliant job. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's very much, you know, it's about transparency and about visibility. That is what people want with an organisation. doesn't matter what role you're in. It's, you know, they want to feel part of an organisation. They want to know what's going on. They want to have transparency. They want to know what's happening. And the more I think that you can offer that to everyone and within the organisation, I think the better. When you empower managers, they they do wonderful things. Yeah, that's really, I think that's a bit of a light bulb moment for me. I'd be really interested to hear for anyone listening, if that's a light bulb moment for you too, Angela and I would love to hear from you. So if there is anything from this that 
has really resonated with you or made you think in a different way, please do let us know. You can always contact either of us on LinkedIn or of course you can always drop me an email at faye at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk. It's always so great to have feedback on the episodes because at the moment it's just Angela and I talking to each other. We have no idea how it's landing with you. So please do feel free to give us some feedback. And Angela, I know I haven't looked at your system, Element Suite, in lots of detail. In fact, I would love to do that if you're happy to show it to me one day. But one thing I do know that's possible with it is the fact that the dashboards can be very sophisticated. And it does mean that you can have sort of live alerts and things. Could you just quickly talk us through what you can expect from an HRIS system instead of working in Excel? Fundamentally, it has a pulse because as soon as you put it into Excel, it 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 has nothing driving that that data because you're extracting it from from somewhere or you're collating it from somewhere and you're putting it into Excel. So as soon as you put it into Excel, that ta- that date and timestamp is that is it. Whereas obviously with a HR system. It has that pulse because everyone is going in, they are booking their holiday, they are, you know, looking at their rotor, they are you know, wanting to swap their shifts. All of those things are happening in the moment. And that is the power of having dashboards within a HRS, is having that pulse and knowing that that any one time you can have someone ask you what is happening in the organization and you can give them in that moment real-time data as to exactly what's happening now and i think that you know when when covid hit it you know it oh, clearly it took us all by surprise and, and, and changed our work life forever but there's lots of you know ceos execs saying to everyone across the business not just hr but everyone right give me accurate data now as to you know where we are and, and lots of companies struggle with that so that is the power of having your dashboards and your data within a HR system. Well, I'm sure that everyone listening is going to be completely convinced that having an HR system is a great idea after hearing you talk about that. But <laughs> I know for lots of people, unfortunately, that may not be an option for them right now and they are having to use Excel. So for anyone who is still having to use Excel rather than having a, a whizzy, fabulous HR system, have you got any tips for them on creating a dashboard if they're in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Excel is absolutely brilliant. There's absolutely a time and a place for, for Excel. And I totally understand everyone may not be on the journey of, of, of having a HRIS. Um, there is fantastic graphs and, you know, some of the stuff that you can do within Excel is absolutely brilliant. I, I have a, I have one of our guys that works for Element Suite that is amazing on Excel. And I look at him sometimes and think, wow, that doesn't even look like Excel. It looks brilliant. <laughs> um, so you can do fantastic things with Excel. The one thing about doing anything with data is that it is, you know, it is an art. It, you know, it really is. You know, when you start to look at data, you have to think to yourself, well, how am I going to visualize this? Whether that be in Excel or in a dashboard, you know, what graph do I use? Do I use a line graph? Do I use a donut? Do I use a starburst? What graph do I use to best visualize that data to best tell the story of 
what's happening with that data. So it's something that just won't happen very, very quickly. It's something that you'll think, oh, I've got this data. How best do I show this data? So it could be, for example, if you're looking at a holiday, how much holiday does someone um, have within a year? You could use a donut, use a donut shape, and then you could say, right, okay, so half of that donut has already been taken, the holiday's been taken, and you can then quite clearly see the other half of that donut. You know, they have X amount of days left, and you can visually see that. So, you know, looking at what visualizations, what graphs you're going to you're you're going to use is so important when you use dashboards because if it doesn't make sense with the visualization, it, it it's not going to mean anything. But you know, do not worry if you've just got Excel. There is amazing things that you can do with an Excel to be able to bring that information to life. And talking about visualising data to bring it to life, that's something that I don't find easy. I'm definitely a words person. (laughs) I can write stuff, but I find it hard to be able to think, oh God, you know, how how could this be visualised? I know that you have got a great book recommendation to share with us about this that might be able to help us all be able to think of new ways to express and visualise data. Can you let us know what it is? I can. And my book <laughs> um, is Information is Beautiful by David McCandless. And the reason why I love I love that book is it's one of those books that you can actually give to any age group. You know, my son loved it, you know, when he had it, I gave it to him when he's 15 years old. And it's just absolutely brilliant to be able to bring data to life. It will give you ideas about different visualizations. And it's just an inspiring book. It will make you think to yourself, ah, I could perhaps use this kind of format, this visualization for some of the data that I have within within my organization. And I think it's actually got a new edition that's come out, which I haven't got yet. So I need to I need to go out and get that. So um, it's not expensive. It's on Amazon. I don't know, it's about £10 something, but it would definitely be worth just just getting you excited about data and how to visualize data. Well, I completely agree with that recommendation, Angela. I haven't always read all of the books that the guests kindly share on the show every week, but I have read that one because I was lucky enough to hear David McCandless speak a few years ago where he presented a lot of the visuals from his book. Yeah, it was really amazing. His work was absolutely incredible and he was a brilliant speaker. So I've actually gone on to buy that book as a gift for one of my friends who works with data all the time and I think he was really happy with it. (laughs) So thank you for the recommendation. I will link to the book in the show notes for anyone who would like to take a look at it and see if they'd like to buy it. And as we're approaching the end of our time together for today, what is the best way of anyone listening to learn more about Element Suite or to get in touch with you? Because I'm sure there will be people who would like to know more. Yeah, I'd love to hear from hear from anyone. You know, any advice they want to you know to have from me, then please do feel free to contact me. Probably my um, probably LinkedIn is the best um, to get hold of me. So um, go onto LinkedIn or go onto elementsuite.com um, and there's an information button there and you can get hold of me through there too. Great. And I'll make sure that I put a link to the website and the link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so that it's nice and easy for anyone to do that. But that brings us to the end of our time together today. All I've got left to say is a huge thank you. It's been wonderful to have you. Thank you so much, Angela. Well, I thank you very much for having me. It's my first podcast, so I can now tick that off the list. So um, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been absolutely brilliant. You'd never know it was your first podcast. Thank you. 
Let's wrap up today's episode. I hope that it's helped you to feel more confident about using data and analytics in your HR role. Or if you are already confident, I hope it's acted as a reminder of some of the basics to go over with your colleagues if they're struggling to get to grips with using data at work. And if you have found the episode helpful, can I possibly ask you for a favour? I would love it if you could share HR Coffee Time with someone you think will like it, because it's my aim to help as many HR and people professionals as possible with this free weekly show, so it would just be brilliant if you could help to spread the word about the show. Thank you so much, and I will be back again next week. Have a great week in the meantime.